Hello and welcome to this latest installment of Barnard's on the NBA. I'm your host, Matt Barnard, and I'm joined here by my son and co-host, Emilio. Hi, it's me, Emilio. We're joining you a uh, day later than usual on this uh, holiday weekend where we celebrate the uh, life of Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. Um, there'll be a lot of uh, a lot of good basketball on today, and we'll, uh, we'll help get the uh, table set for you here by uh, talking about what's gone on in the past week since we uh, last recorded on... Uh, uh, January 9th or January 10th, excuse me. January, sorry, 10th, yeah. January 10th. So let's, uh, l- let's get into it. There's been some big NBA news this past week and, uh, no bigger news story than the, uh, trade. Of James yeah. Harden. I mean, definitely because I mean, careful under the Pacers, but, um, biggest, um, uh, the 20, 24 second round pick from the Cavaliers went to the Nets. Definitely, definitely a big there. Yeah, that's a, that's a big bit of news. Let's, let's actually go through the, uh, this, this 14 trade involving the, uh, the Nets, the Rockets, the Pacers and the Cavs. Yes. So to the Nets, it's James Harden, ridiculous, um, from the Rockets and the 2020, 2024 second round pick from the Cavaliers, definitely going to be clutch, um, Players to the Rockets are um, um, Victor Oladipo from Pacers, um, Dante Exum from Cavs, and Ronald Kurex from Nets. Those guys all, all ending up on the Rockets at the end of the steal. Yep. Yeah. Um, picks to Rockets. Um, so they get three unprotected first-round picks from the Nets in uh, 2022, 2024, and 2026, as well as the uh, option to uh, swap picks in 2021, 2023, 2025, and 2027. So this is each of the next seven years, the uh, the Rockets will have the option to switch picks with the Nets or have their pick outright. Yeah, I think I, I personally think that the, the Rockets could become good and not too long again. Yeah, they're going to have a lot of uh, a lot of picks to work with as a result of restocking the deck in uh, in this deal. They also get uh, Milwaukee's uh, 2022 first round pick. Coming over from the Cavs, that was uh, the price for them in this deal, and we can get to uh, to what they got out of it as well as we continue to work yeah. our way through. So, for the Pacers, um, they get Karis LeVert, but he's out right now with injury. On um, like, what was in this? Yeah, so he's got uh, they did uh, during the uh, physical uh, that uh, he got on the way uh, in with the with the Cavs. They uh, noted a, a mass. Uh, near his kidney, and uh, that's that's their, I suppose, uh, taking all uh, necessary procedures and precautions there, and uh, hopefully he's going to be all right. But uh, I think there was an additional second-round pick of compensation that was required to go to the uh, Pacers as uh, part of the deal as a result of finding that. Yes, um, they got a 2023 second-round pick from the Rockets, and to the Cavaliers, um, Jared Allen, um, coming over from the Nets. Coming over from the Nets. And Terry and Prince coming over from the Nets. Yeah, pretty fascinating deal all the way around. I think we, we can uh, talk a little bit about how this impacts each of these uh, teams that were yeah. involved here. Certainly for the Nets, I mean, you know, they're getting James Harden. I mean. Yeah, I don't know. I, I don't feel great with giving up so many picks and um, players. Yeah, certainly the, uh, the Nets have been down this road before making uh, trades involving lots of future picks. Most notably, that uh, deal they made with the Celtics that ended up working out very poorly for the Nets in, in reality because not only did it not take them over the top or get them to a finals, they ended up bottoming out afterwards. So those picks ended up being extremely valuable. And those pick swaps as well that were involved in that uh, KG-Paul Pierce deal. Yeah. Who did they um, – what were the uh, 
who did those picks end up being again? Well, I mean, th there were a number of them, and uh, you know, uh, it'd, be, it'd be great to uh, to have have had that information up uh, oh, in, in front of me prior to uh, being asked the question. But um, you know, those were picks that involved uh, you know Jalen Brown and, uh, and and Jason Tatum. Yeah, so that, there there were some really valuable assets and, and some that that didn't end up working out quite as well. But uh, the Celtics certainly ended up uh, making out like bandits in uh, in in that deal. Yeah. This one is a little bit different for me in in the sense that James Harden is much younger, closer to his prime. Even though, you know, I mean, probably his best days is like the pinnacle of his career is behind him at this point. But yeah, uh, you know, still a guy who's uh, playing at an extremely high level right now. Unlike uh, you know KG and, and Paul Pierce at the time. Yeah, and let's also mention. Um, how he did in his first game. Yeah, definitely. Let's work that in there. So we, we watched a bit of that. What did you think of him? And uh, let, let's talk about how he performed. I thought he looked pretty good. He was sharing the ball pretty well. And, um, yeah, he was getting shots and made a triple-double. I mean, is that the stats right there? Yeah, 32 points, uh, 12 rebounds, 14 assists, four steals, and a block. Pretty good. Yeah, you can't argue with that. I mean, you know, as we were we've been discussing, I mean, some of these guys who have changed teams really not getting a lot of practice time in their with, with their new squads. Yeah. But uh, James Harden, you know, basketball genius and uh, benefiting a great deal, I'm sure, from having his former coach Mike D'Antoni on the bench as lead assistant for uh, for Steve Nash, able to integrate pretty easily. And uh, I guess you know we can uh, we're taking a little bit of a sidebar in talking about this trade here, but you know, uh, Kyrie as a uh, as noted, still out for uh, for, for personal reasons and uh, COVID-related reasons as well, health and safety protocols. But it'll be fascinating to see what it's like with him in the mix. We've only yeah. seen James Harden in the uh, the KD uh, with the KD-led Nets so far, not not with uh, the full complement of players. Yes, and KD has been looking good. He has been looking really good. I, I think he's uh, scored over twenty points in every game so far that he's played, and. Um, yeah, he looks he looks phenomenal. He looks, looks like the old KD. Any any concerns that he might come back as something less than what he once was uh, seem to be uh, you know gone now. Yeah, but also Jeremy Grant has like almost twenty points in like every game too. It's true. Jeremy Grant's off to a phenomenal start, and I think uh, as, as we progress uh, through the season, a guy we'll be looking at as uh, you know potential most improved player candidate. All star. Well, hey, I mean we'll see if he's able to keep this up. I mean if he's averaging you know close to twenty five points per game. Who knows? Yeah. Anyway, let's uh, let's not get too sidetracked from our continuing discussion of the uh, the huge four team trade here. Let's talk a little bit about uh, beyond beyond James Harden's impact. Well, actually, do you think this impacts uh, the Nets' chances to win the title? I mean, you know, adding no. James Harden. No. Yeah. Because they got rid of so many players. Yeah, they did. They don't uh, have like any depth. It's a great point, and uh, you know, I think as we've mentioned off air, uh, being without Spencer Dinwiddie definitely hurts. I mean, that yes. that would be some really valuable depth at this point. And, um, you know, they don't have that available to them now. Yeah. So let, let's talk about uh, the impact on some of these other teams. So the, the Rockets here, I mean, they're giving up James Harden, obviously, franchise player, probably the first or second best player in franchise history. What would you say, him or Hakeem? Oh, um, Hakeem. Yeah, I mean, the two titles, it's hard to uh, hard to ignore. Yeah, uh, but um, they're both really good. Yeah, and James Harden certainly, you know, one of the, one of the all-time great Rockets. So they give him up. No longer around, but they bring in Victor Oladipo, Dante Exum, and uh, Rodion Skouroukas, in addition no. to all these picks. Yeah, but, I mean, they're not trying to get better from that. It's a great point. So, I mean, do you think uh, Victor Oladipo, I mean, there's been a lot of talk about him. I mean, he hasn't suited up yet for the Rockets. A lot of talk about him trying to make his way to Miami. Uh, that would definitely help him. He, he has. Yeah, I mean, uh, Miami. It, it would help the Heat. 
Yeah, I, I could definitely see that. He's going to be a free agent at the end of the year. So I, I wonder how much uh, the the Heat are willing to uh, to trade to get him now, and how much they'd be willing to sign him to in an extension. Yeah, I, I think just based on if, that he's going that he wants to go to the Heat, I think he probably will end up getting there at some point. It does seem like these uh, NBA stars who are willing to use their leverage can uh, oftentimes get to the places that they're looking to go, but it doesn't always work out that way. So we'll have to see. I think what makes Victor Oladipo's case interesting is that he, uh, you know, is a little bit away from his uh, his best days in the NBA so far. I mean, as a yeah, when do you think injury. his best days were? Uh, a couple of years ago, I think you know, twenty uh, prior to his injury, I think twenty eighteen kind of uh, kind of time where he was really at peak level of athleticism. And, uh, you know, who knows? Maybe he can continue to work back to, you know, in, in that direction. And, he has uh, looked solid so far this season. Yeah, he's had, I mean, I, I remember one particular monster throwdown from this season, and yes. it's good to see some some of that athleticism coming back. But, yeah, it's an open question whether he ever actually gets to the Rockets or whether he's rerouted somewhere else uh, before. But like you said, I mean, the, the Rockets, you know, not trying to get good here. Yeah. I, I wonder what their plans are for uh, Dante Exum. I don't think he's been available for them yet. Yeah, I think he's injured. Yeah, he's been injured. It's been, been a problem for him through a lot of his uh, his career so far. And uh, we did see uh, Rodian's Kuroks play a bit for that uh, for the Rockets in their uh, their the first game post trade. Uh, they were pretty short handed in that game. <laughs> like get out of the court, but Mason Jones, I mean, putting up numbers. Yeah, we should, we 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 can get to that here too. We're uh, kind of jumping around a little bit, but yeah, we watched a bunch of that that first game uh, for the Rockets post Harden. And uh, we'd be remiss if we didn't mention the performance of one Mason Jones. Yeah. Should we talk about that later? Well, let's, let's, let's talk about it right now. I mean, okay. Mason Jones uh, starting at, at the point on this uh, severely undermanned and, uh, you know, COVID-impacted uh, Rockets team. And uh, dude balled out. Yeah, 24 points, six boards, and four assists. In 35 minutes. I mean, this guy was playing his fifth NBA game. I mean, like. Six know. from eight from three, too. Six of eight from three. I mean, you know, really thrust into a huge role uh, that I'm, I'm sure he couldn't possibly have been expecting. And the uh, guy did extremely well. So uh, big ups. And he, was against, and he was um, against like a full, like full Spurs roster. That's right. I mean, he's going up against uh, Deontay Murray. I mean, like, you know, uh, d- defending him on the opposite side. And uh, it's, uh, it's a great, great job. by Mason Jones. Yeah, Deontay Murray and um, Daddy Mills. Exactly. I mean, two really experienced uh, NBA players uh, really know what they're doing. And, uh, yeah, he, he showed out extremely effectively. So, yeah, we get those uh, all, all those picks coming to the Rockets. I mean, they're, they're going to have a lot of options in, in the years ahead. Uh, obviously, how good those picks are is going to depend a ton on the Nets. You know, the Nets, uh, they're looking really good right now. But, you know, as, as soon as, uh, you know, after next season, KD and Kyrie could opt out of their deals and uh, be on to greener pastures. So you never know what's going to happen with uh, with the Nets team going forward. Yeah, it could be James Harden winning the show. Yeah, that's right. It could be. I mean, he'll, he'll be a free agent in a couple of years, too. So, I mean, some of these picks could uh, definitely be coming off of Nets teams that look totally different than uh, than what we see right now. Yes. And, uh, you know, the Rockets have some, uh, have some tender here. So let's talk about it from the Pacers' perspective. I mean, they add uh, Karis LeVert here, and I mean the second round pick as well, which is you know twenty twenty three second rounder, not a big deal. But Karis LeVert, what do you think about him joining the Pacers? I like Karis LeVert, so I like it. Yeah, I think he's a good fit there. I mean, you know, maybe able to provide something a little bit different than Victor Oladipo was. Actually, if they could have traded somebody else instead of Victor Oladipo, I think it would have made the Pacers better. You, you would have liked to add both of them on the on the team together. Yeah, maybe trying to give up like Malcolm Brogdon. 
Yeah, I mean, I think you know, there's there's salary reasons why uh, why you do it this way, but I think also Brogdon a little bit more central of what the Pacers are, are trying to do right now. You want to have him more on the ball than uh, than someone like uh, Karis Levert, who I imagine is going to largely play the two uh, yeah. when he's when he's healthy. Probably start too. Yeah, I would think so. I would think so. It'll be interesting to see what he's able to do in uh, you know more of a, a starring role. Yeah. Uh, let's talk about uh, from the Cavs' perspective. The last team that was involved in this deal, they uh, they end up you know giving up uh, Dante Exum, uh, you know second rounder and a first rounder from uh, from the Bucks, which they they had, uh, and they get Jared Allen and Torian Prince. Did they, did they give up any players? Only Dante Exum. Just Dante Exum, but they gave up uh, you know the, those those two picks as well, the first and the second. I think they definitely got better from that. Yeah, Jared Allen, a guy who's going to be uh, going to require uh, an extension at, at some point here soon too. Uh, to me, one of the more fascinating uh, aspects of the trade is is how Jared Allen is going to fit in in Cleveland with uh, Andre Drummond performing really well, and the two of them really only uh, only possible to play either of them at center, I would think. Yeah, I don't know. I feel like you might be able to play Andre maybe at. Or. Play the two of them together. I mean, it's going to be interesting to see because I mean, the, the, the Cavs. They could have, get rid of one of them too. They could get rid of one of them. Yeah. I mean, they're both good, so I get. I, I I would guess they could get something out of that. Yeah, I mean, between the two of them and uh, you know Javale McGee and yeah. Kevin Love, when he comes back, they they got a lot of. Uh, Torian Prince too. Yeah, they got a lot of bigs who who are going to require minutes. Yeah, Torian Prince, I, I think, might have been included as. Uh, you know, for the salary purposes, because he wasn't playing a ton on the Nets, and he's making a bunch of money having signed an extension there uh, for eight figures. I mean, you know, in, in the last uh, two years. So I wonder if that wasn't part of the price of getting Jared Allen from uh, the Cavs' perspective. But we'll see. I mean, he's probably gonna gonna work his way into the mix too. So that's a, a bunch of. Uh, you have anything else you want to say about this uh, this four team deal? No, but we took a while on it. Yeah, I mean, I think that that makes sense. I mean, this is a, a really big news in the NBA this uh, this, this past week. Uh, why don't we take a, a a real quick break, and we'll come back in a moment, and we'll talk about some of the uh, terrific performances from the past week. Now we're back to uh, talk about some of the uh, big performances from the past week. Uh, Mills, what uh, what caught your eye? Um. Well. Um... At one point, um, Dame and um, CJ combined for 68 points and 23 assists. Yeah, those are uh, big numbers from uh, from your backcourt. Uh, CJ, unfortunately, uh, sustaining uh, an ankle injury uh, towards the end of the week here. Yes, what? but he should be back pretty soon. That, that's certainly the hope. I mean, uh, I know he, he missed uh, the second half of uh, this most recent game uh, this week, but... Um, yeah, he's uh, he's off to a phenomenal start this season, as we mentioned on a previous episode. Yeah, he. Um, I wonder if he'll play today. I mean, they're facing the Hawks today at three. He's uh, actually been ruled out for, uh, for for today's game, but uh, I think the fact that it was it, you know came down to a day to day game time ish decision, uh, morning of game decision, uh, is a good sign that he's uh, he's going to be able to get it back out there before too long. Yes. Uh, let's talk a little bit about uh, about what Luca's been up to. Uh, talking about Luka Doncic. Woohoo! He's on my fantasy team, so I'm yeah. really happy. That's and awesome. I won my first game. So. Yeah, this guy is uh, is primo. His uh, his fourth triple double of the season coming uh, last night uh, against the Bulls this is on, yeah. the, on, on the 17th. This guy went for 36 points, 16 rebounds, 15 assists. I mean, come on. Yeah, he scored like 108 fantasy points, and they lost. That's right. And the loss to the Bulls, I mean, uh, you know, 
the Bulls have been really up and down uh, this season. They've had some good wins and some uh, some monumental collapses. I know we were looking last night at the 16-point lead they blew to the Thunder this past week uh, in, in the last four minutes. Really shocking stuff. But the uh, the Bulls have had some great moments too. I mean, beating the the Mavericks, good team uh, last night, and also uh, you know looking a little bit further back to the uh, to the tenth the uh, last Sunday when we recorded last, uh, Zach Levine going off. Yeah, uh, ten of sixteen from three, forty five points, seven boards, and seven assists. Ten from sixteen from three. Yeah, Zach Levine. I mean, capable of getting hot like that. As we were watching the game, I, I could have sworn uh, Zach Levine had gone for uh, ten threes a bunch of times in the past, but in fact, uh, just the second time he had uh, reached double digits in uh, three balls. Yeah, he didn't used to be that good. No, he's not, but he's definitely like you know he's he's had, he's had a lot of games where I feel like he's uh, shot a really high percentage from uh, threes where he just really gets it locked in yeah. in a particular contest. But then he like missed one right at the end, um, for them to lose. Yeah, tough break. Yeah, like airballed the three that would have put him in, like a tie or something. Yeah, you hate to see that, but uh, you know they wouldn't have been in that position obviously without his uh, heroics uh, prior to that. Yeah. I'll talk a little bit about some more uh, performances. Anything else uh, jump out at you? We got a few more. Um, Knicks destroy Celtics. That was in a game we watched uh, watched some of yesterday. The uh, the Knicks and Celtics playing a matinee at uh, TD Garden. Uh, yeah. So w- what happened there? Celtics locks by thirty. Yeah, the Celtics uh, got crushed. I mean, they really came out pretty flat. I mean, exciting about that game, the return of uh, Kemba Walker, though. Yes, and also um, Jason Tatum was still out. Yeah, Tatum out currently due to the uh, coronavirus protocol. I think he'll be back soon. Yeah, hopefully he'll be back in in pretty short order here. Right now, team playing a little bit uh, undermanned with, uh, you know, Jalen Brown really being relied upon for a lot of uh, what they're doing on offense. Yeah, and he scored 25 points last night. So, I mean, he contributed. He's off to a terrific start this season. I think, you know, you just need a little bit more even against – I mean, this is a game where the Knicks were were playing pretty well too and they had a lot of things working in this game and uh, really kind of a no-contest affair. But, we're you know, we've seen a bunch of those in the NBA this year, you know, situations where teams get up big early and then that's kind of it. You know, you you don't kind of get that uh, return to to a a close game that you've seen more often. Except uh, for in that Bulls-Sunder game. Right. I mean, there have there have definitely been games where, where you've seen, uh, you know, that, that normalization of uh, of results as the game progresses. But, uh, yeah, not not so in the uh, Nick Celtics game of uh, yesterday afternoon. Uh, I wanted to talk about uh, about some other uh, big performances from uh, from last night as well. Uh, noticed uh, Zion Williamson, 13 for 15 from the floor. With, That's pretty efficient. Yeah. And... Also involved a uh, savage dunk on uh, our guy uh, Chimizi Metu, which uh, didn't appreciate. But hey, you know, yeah. If you're uh, Zion Williamson, uh, you're gonna make people look bad when you're dunking the ball. Yeah. Um. How many points did Zion score? It was like 33 or something. I think he scored 31 in that game. Yeah. Uh, well, great th- game. 31 and six. Yeah, it was a phenomenal game for him. And I mean, you know, if you're doing it with that kind of efficiency, uh, you know, it's gonna really help your team uh, move forward. Other big performances from last night. Darren Fox. 43 points, 13 boards. Yeah. Um, four assists, four steals. 
Yeah, really, really nasty. I mean, the first uh, 40-point 10 assist night for a Kings player since Tiny Archibald back in uh, 1973. Sorry, that was four four rebounds, thir- 13 assists. Yeah, there you go. So that's uh, a, a monster game from uh, from De'Aaron Fox. And only two turnovers. Yeah, uh, and 27 shots as well. I mean, 17 of 27 from the floor. So, you know, doing everything. And, uh, you know, unfortunately they didn't win the game, but. He, he really showed up. So, th- so you had uh, De'Aaron Fox and Zion going head to head in that uh, that matchup last night, Kings Pelicans, yep. and uh, you also had Nikola Jokic going off. I mean, I, I know it, like it's like old hat for Nikola Jokic at this point, but uh, against the Jazz, he crushed it. Thirty five points, fourteen boards, nine assists, two steals, and a block. I mean, just another day at the office for Nikola Jokic. Yep, I mean another great game. Yeah, this guy is uh, is phenomenal. He's going to continue to factor in the uh, MVP conversation as uh, as the season goes along. What? I think. Hey, it's out there. I mean, if this if this guy averages a triple double or close to it, you're going to have to talk about it seriously if the Nuggets uh, have a decent season. Yeah, if they when they win the title. Yeah, well, the you know the uh, results of the playoffs don't get factored into the uh, to the awards oh. conversation. But if they uh, have a good season and finish high in the standings, that certainly would benefit Nikola Jokic's case. Yeah. So, like, if they finish number seven, he probably exactly. You're, you're gonna. I mean, I think this is true for uh, for Luca as well. If, you, if you're not finishing in like the top four in your conference, like, you're pr- you're probably not gonna win the MVP. Yeah. Just uh, seems seems unlikely. Well, let's talk a little bit about a couple other uh, big time performances that we saw in the past week. Yes. Yeah, so, um, Larry Markkinen's back, and he had a pretty good game yesterday. He had like 25 points. Yeah, I think it was even maybe a little bit more than that. Uh, so you, I know you've been waiting for uh, Larry Markkinen to uh, to show back up here. What's uh, what's your interest in him? Well, I know he's in the NBA, so that, that's a good start. I'm, yes, but he um, he's on my fantasy team, so that definitely makes me want him to have come back more. But he's also a solid player. Yeah, he had a nice um, second game back with 29 points and two from eight. Um, I mean, seven from eight for, on free throws, and ten from nineteen from the field, and um, two three pointers. Yeah, good game from Larry Market. I mean, I think you know, somebody consistent so far in his uh, in his career, but just twenty three, and a guy who who you know can really, really can really stroke it. And uh, yeah, I mean, off off to a solid start uh, in in the early part of the season. He was uh, you know part of uh, the Bulls team that took out the uh, Luka Doncic led uh, led Mavericks with yeah. that behind that incredible performance last night. So. Uh, certainly an encouraging sign from uh, from Larry Markin, and good to see him back out there. Wanted to mention as well, um, Andre Drummond, my uh, my main man, longtime Piston, now on the uh, on the Cavaliers. Playing time threatened a little bit by uh, Jared Allen. Uh, some center congestion there in Cleveland. Yeah, but my guy, I mean, thirty three points, twenty three boards. Three assists, two blocks, two steals. This is against the Knicks on uh, on the fifteenth. His forty third career twenty twenty game. I know you're speechless. His what? Forty third career twenty point twenty rebound game. What? That's a, what? That's Andre Drummond for you. I mean, uh, he's forty third. A, a master of racking up points and rebounds, especially rebounds. Yeah, that's ridiculous. Pretty impressive stuff. Passing uh, Hakeem Olajuwon on the all-time 2020 list, and uh, he's one—he's one of the great 2020 artists we've uh, we've seen. Yeah, but has I wonder if he's ever done one with um, um, 
assists um, and rebounds or points and assists. You mean getting 20 uh, assists? Yeah. I'm pretty sure he's never gotten 20 assists. I, I, I would be a pretty com feel comfortable uh, saying that. Yeah. I mean, this this particular stat line, though, I mean, you know, even goes beyond the uh, 2020 game. This is 33 and 23. You don't see those numbers too often. No. That's, it's impressive stuff for Andre, uh, even in his career. I also wanted to mention uh, his frequent nemesis and uh, tormentor, uh, Joel Embiid, had a uh, big-time game against the uh, the Heat back on, uh, on, the, on the 12th. This is uh, almost a week ago now, but uh, 45 points, 16 boards, four assists, five steals, and a block. Five steals. I mean, that's pretty good. Yeah, that's nasty. Yeah, I mean, Joel Embiid's really good. I mean, he had this one game where he didn't score, like, he didn't get, like, 10 boards or 10 points, but then he... I don't know if this is before or after, but either way, very good game. Yeah, definitely a, a, a rarity to see uh, Joel Embiid coming up uh, short like that. And, uh, you know, 45 points definitely within his uh, his range of capabilities. Um, all right, so let's talk a little bit about uh, uh, some other um, – a couple other performances. And I know you wanted to talk a little bit about Nikhil Alexander-Walker going for uh, 37. Yeah, 37 points on um... – um, January thirteenth versus the Clippers too. Yeah, and I, I just uh, was was seeing uh, news news came out that he's going to be starting in the place of uh, John Hart. Uh, John Hart, uh, yes, the former GM of the uh, of the Indians and, uh, and and Rangers. That's who I'm referring to. No, Josh Hart. What? Josh Hart starting? Uh, he he was starting for the Pelicans, and he's going to be replaced by uh, Nikhil Alexander Walker. I don't know if that's a huge deal. I mean, the two of them are obviously still going to play minutes, but. Um, uh, Nikhil Alexander Walker asserting himself and uh, you know coming through on some of that promise that he showed in uh, in, in summer league uh, last year and uh, look, looking pretty good. You're talking about Shea Gilgis Alexander <laughs> because we're talking about hyphenated names. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I guess that makes sense. And uh, I, I think those two guys are uh, related. I think they're related, right? Yeah, I think so. Yeah, That's uh, why I mentioned. Yeah. Yeah. Fair. All right. So uh, j just a couple other performances that I think are worth uh, worth noting. Um, Hamadou Diallo. Uh, my guy from uh, from Queens, uh, with some some really impressive uh, performances off the bench here in, in the last uh, last week or so. Yeah, I mean, twenty three points. Let's give like all. Oh, first game eight points. Second no. game seven points. <laughs> Mills is trying to redo uh, his game log for the uh, for the season. Uh, on the eighth and on the tenth, a guy showing out with uh, uh, twenty three points off the bench in uh, yeah. in, in twenty nine minutes, and then following that up uh, just two days later with a twenty five point performance, also off the bench, very efficient. And uh, you know, Hamadou able to uh, tap into that unbelievable athleticism to oh, uh, yeah. to get buckets at times and uh, chucking in that half court shot. That's right, <laughs> yeah, hit, hit an extremely long shot. You want to check out the highlight of that one. Uh, that, that was impressive too. So yeah, starting to see some uh, some more signs of life from uh, Hamadou Diallo off the Thunder bench. Yeah, even though they lost by twenty nine in that game. Hey, you know, like the Thunder really are trying to win this year, so uh, they, they've done a pretty good job under those circumstances, I think. Yeah, they've won. I think um, six games. Yeah, they're six and six right now, which is uh, certainly a lot better than people were projecting the Thunder to be at the uh, the outset of the season. There's no question about that. Yeah, I mean Thunder, Thunder always going to come out clutch. Yeah, they've, they've, they've been pretty good. I uh, also wanted to mention uh, Chris Boucher. I don't know if uh, he's really caught your eye yeah, this yeah. year for the uh, for, for the Raptors, but uh, getting a lot more uh, a lot more run, much more prominent role than he's had in, in previous years. Yeah. I remember we were we one time joked about him in the playoffs, and we really wanted to get him on the court. Mm -hmm. But he's getting run now, and he has, um, yeah, averaging 
seven points per game, four rebounds per game, and point four assists per game. Yeah, with a with a block as well, and in about twenty three and a half minutes per game so far. So he's uh, he's he's contributing, and right, he's exactly he's shooting it well too. So I think he's hitting about forty five percent from three. Not a ton of attempts, but uh, you know you got to be encouraged with what you're seeing from uh, from Chris Boucher to uh, start the season. And one of the last things we're going to talk about today, or maybe I don't know, is the injury of Yusuf Nurkic. Yeah, total bummer about uh, about Yusuf Nurkic uh, uh, busting his uh, his wrist. Fortunately, uh, not likely to take him out uh, for the rest of the season or anything like that. Hopefully, he'll be back for the playoffs. But it's been a tough run of uh, injury luck for uh, for Yusuf. Yes, for sure, and it's too bad because I my favorite team is the Blazers, and yeah, yeah, it's a bummer to uh, to, to be missing him. Hopefully, the, the Blazers will be able to uh, to weather his absence over the course of the next I think uh, six to eight weeks or so. Yeah, uh, I hope so. Hopefully, Dame goes off. Yeah, that's uh, that, that's the hope. So let's take another uh, another quick break here, and we'll be uh, back to uh, to wrap up the show in uh, just a moment. And we're going to wrap up this episode, but before we do, we want to uh, note the passing of uh, Wayne Radford, who played in the NBA for 52 games back in the 1978-1979 uh, season, passed away on on, uh, on, on the 10th. Mills, uh, what can you tell me about uh, Wayne Radford? Well, he did average 3.9 points per game, 1.2 personal fouls per game, 0.9 turnovers per game, 0.0 blocks per game, but he had, did average um, 0.66 um, steals per game, 1.1 assists per game and 1.3 rebounds per game, and played yes. 52 games. Yes, he he, he sure did uh, playing for the uh, for the for the Pacers in that 78-79 uh, season. Most notable for uh, having been a part of the undefeated uh, national championship team of the Indiana Hoosiers in 1975-1976, uh, but also uh, you know notable for uh, being an Indiana guy through and through. He uh, born in Indiana, played high school ball in uh, Indianapolis. Uh, sorry, born in Indianapolis, high school ball in Indianapolis, college ball at Indiana, NBA ball in Indianapolis with the Pacers, and he even died in Indianapolis. He had an um, Indianapolis life. He sure did. Very well said. And uh, perhaps that's the best note to uh, to end this uh, this week's yeah. episode on. Well, he did, unfortunately, die at 64. Yes. So uh, we've got, got that in, in the record as well. Uh, we certainly, uh, you know, send our condolences to the family and friends of uh, Wayne Radford. Unless you got anything else, bud, we'll uh, we'll end the show there for uh, for this week, and I uh, look forward to uh, to joining you again uh, a week from now. Bye.